This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. We are one week away, gentlemen, one week away from Vegas. It's Red vs. Blue, High Stakes Radio. Hello, everybody. Good evening. Welcome to Red vs. Blue. Sports Talk Radio, wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Sky Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football. And as always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mike, I hear the buzz of me here is uh, a full pen tonight because uh, the big game is tomorrow. Louisville versus Kentucky, red versus blue. 
3.30 tomorrow, kicks off the college season. What you got? Absolutely, Scott. Uh, the buzzometer is not quite the 10 that you thought it was, but it's pretty close. I'm looking forward to uh, Kentucky winning by, I would say, 14 uh, against Louisville tomorrow. Uh, but I'm looking for a for a great show tonight. Uh, we've got a lot of things to cover with a lot of different players because there's been uh, there's been a lot of things that's happened in the last uh, week or so that uh, is going to make a difference on uh, a lot of different uh, you know for people that are uh, going to be drafting here in the next week or so. The high stakes, the big time high stakes leagues, a difference. Well, we are going to be talking about that. We are going to kick off the show a little bit with Louisville versus Kentucky uh, tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon, 3.30, kicking off at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. This show is Red versus Blue. It's two sports fans, one Louisville fan, that's me, one Kentucky fan, that's him, the dirty blue fan that he is. And it's a big game tomorrow. The, the new coaching has come in with Charlie Strong, uh, former assistant coach at Florida, so he's used to the SEC. Kentucky's seen plenty of his defense tomorrow. Uh, you know, in the last couple of years. So they're going to be ready for this game. Kentucky is a three-point favorite heading into Louisville's Papa John Carson Stadium. A lot of that might have to do with the front four of the Cardinals, only 269 pounds for the average uh, of the front four there. And uh, But UK does have that new offensive line, bringing in four new starters to that O-line. Mike, what do you, right. what do you see shaping up in this game? Well, I tell you what, there's a couple things I see uh, going on with this game. Uh, first off, uh, neither team has much of a defense. Kentucky has a nice offensive line, which is going to allow them to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, which will, you know, give Mike, uh, Mike Hardline a little bit of a cushion there at quarterback because there's been a, been a big quarterback controversy at UK on Who's going to start? Should it be Hartline or should it be uh, Morgan Newton? Well, uh, you know, they went ahead. Uh, Joker Phillips went ahead and said, Mike Hartline's going to be our starter. So, right. uh, And that's fine. But the bottom line is neither team has much of a defense. I just saw the over and under was 48. Uh, if you're a gambling man, I might want to take the over on this game because uh, there's going to be a lot of points scored. Oh, well, we got a good crew at the chat room here, Red versus Blue. We affectionately call the, the the chat room here the crew. It's comprised of some of the best minds in the world of high stakes fantasy football. We've got Lance in the house, Code Cracker from the FPA, and uh, several other. Seven point two Raiders is in the house. Code Tracks, Garbage Points, and our good friend Chad Schroeder, Cocktails and Drinks is in the house. Man, I tell you what, there's so much going on in the world of high stakes fantasy football. Uh, we've got the college football landscape getting ready to rock tomorrow, Mike. I know that excites us. Uh, I'm sure it excites you guys at home as well. There's a couple of big games uh, going on this week. Obviously, we, we got Lance in the chat room talking about betting Cincinnati this week, week one, Mike. And I know we're, you know, that's that Fresno State game. Uh, Fresno's going to be rocking. Uh, you know, they lost Ryan Matthews, but they have a good team. They were running with Boise last year. You got Cincinnati losing Brian Kelly, one of the best coaches in the country, to Notre Dame, the Irish, the Fighting Irish. Uh, so Cincinnati's like going to they're going to have to rebound quite a bit, losing Gilliard, uh, Pike, uh, you know, the, the head coach, and, and a lot of players across there. But uh, that, that coach that's coming in, I can't remember his name, but he's got a lot of a lot of, um, of uh, success in the past, turning teams around as well, kind of like Brian Kelly. So 
Uh, I'm not sure I'm, I'm a fan of Cincinnati in that game. I, I'm not really sure I'm a fan of Fresno, but I think I'm going to take Fresno and give up a couple of points. Yeah, sure. I, you know, I can totally understand that. And uh, as the uh, college, uh, as the college game, you know, comes around, I, I, you know, a lot of organizations and a lot of polls have put uh, Boise very high. And this is going to make it very interesting as the year goes along. If you uh, uh, check out the landscape of college football, if if Boise State continues what they're doing, uh, there's a chance that they could play for the national championship. And what's going to keep them from that? I mean, there's been polls that, that they kept them from it for the last couple of years, but now's their chance. So uh, I think they're preseason ranked number five. So here's their chance. Number three, I thought. I thought it was number three. Maybe maybe not. But, look, they've got a big game right out of the gate at Virginia Tech. That is no joke of a game, especially with that running game of, of uh, Ryan Williams and Evans. Uh, that's going to be one heck of a game trying to run right into the Hokies and try to get a win there. Uh, other than that, you know, they've still got to ride to Oregon State, too. That's the big game. If they survive Virginia Tech, they've got to get through Oregon State. If they can do both those things, then, yes, they could be in that hunt that you speak of, Mike, with it. That's not going to be an easy task. And, you know, college football is, like I said, it, it's, you know, for most of the NFL guys, we find it appealing. But there's some, there's some NFL guys that don't find the college landscape, you know, that their cup of tea. And, you know, we, we like to, we like, we like both here at Red versus Blue. But, uh, you know, that, that game tomorrow, the, the Irish and Purdue, I mean, that's going to be another good game, seeing what Brian Kelly can do uh, in, in front of that home crowd. So a lot of good things going on this weekend. Tonight in Chicago, We've got, uh, well, across, across the city, in New York, uh, Chicago, Las Vegas, the NFFC fan balls breaking out their high-stakes events tonight and tomorrow, uh, the big high-stakes draft there, uh, where somebody's going to come out with a $100,000 team. They don't know it yet. A lot of them are going to think they have it, but only one will have it. The National Fantasy Football Championship has been around a long time, uh, eight, eight, nine, eight years, and this is a $100,000 prize contest. Uh, it's a 14-teamer. They use third-round reversals, so the first round is 1-14. to 14. The second round comes serpentine back, you know, 14-1. to 1. The third round, third-round reversals, all got that third round going 14-1 to 1 again. So it gives that 14 a, a little edge. You know, if you get Chris Johnson, you're, you're getting picks 28 and then not 29, but you're getting 42. So it evens it up quite a bit. Kind of the guys in the middle aren't really affected at all. Uh, I think the guys at maybe five, uh, four or five, don't feel too great about it. But uh, NFFC does use the 14-teamer, and those drafts are going off this weekend. So we hope to hear from uh, some of the guys getting ready to draft that tomorrow, Mike. Uh, you know, some of our good friends are up in Chicago tonight getting ready to draft that event. So that should be yep. fun if we can hear from them. We've also got – I, I want to give a, uh, a shout-out to uh, uh, Farrell Elliott and the uh, – uh, Kentucky Fantasy Football Championship. Uh, they did a they did a wonderful job uh, last weekend. Uh, you know, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed uh, meeting everybody, and uh, you know, some of the some of the guys that uh, you know I wouldn't expect to meet, but uh, they were there. And you know, that was a big time event. And uh, Farrell and everybody everybody there did a great job. Yeah, I agree, Mike. We had a lot of fun at that contest. That is uh, one that we've been keeping our eye on here at Red vs. Blue for quite a while. 
And we decided to go this year. It's a three hundred fifty dollar entry fee, I think, or three hundred, one of those two. And and uh, yeah, we I think three hundred bucks. Yeah, we we put up uh, we put up our team. Three four and we draft. They use they use third round reversal as well, but it is a twelve teamer, Mike. And uh, you know, I got uh, Cutler and Roethlisberger. I got Sean Green. I got uh, Pierre Thomas. Uh, uh, Jonathan Stewart, Darren McFadden, McFadden. That 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 pick's looking a little bit better now. That, um, that the unfortunate injury to Michael Bush. We'll talk about it later. I got Randy Moss in that league. Mike Thomas, Johnny Knox, uh, Meacham, Derek Mason, and I got my boy Jermichael Finley. Had to have Finley in that contest, Mike, and, and I locked him down in that in that uh, in that contest. It's pretty important to have a player like that. And, Hey, I started off the draft with Randy Moss, came back with Pierre, Sean Green, and when my, when Finley's sitting there in the fourth round in that contest, I was licking my chops like I had to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, at that situation, you, you had to do it. And, you know, you're sitting there with uh, nine different leagues going on at the same time. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of things going on. And, you know, it was funny because you were drafting right behind my right shoulder. But, uh you know, you know, you make, you push the right buttons, and uh, at that time, and you do what you, you do what you need to do, and uh, it, it's a pretty tough call. Uh, well, we've got a great crew here at the chat room, the Red versus Blue. Uh, the phone number is three four seven three two four five four zero four. We are streaming live on iTunes Radio. We're streaming live on the Fantasy Sports Channel. You can find that at uh, ffc.fm. Uh, again, you can subscribe to our podcast, and uh, you know if you, if you can't make it the rest of the show, or if you have other things you got to do on Friday night, we understand. Just come back, download the podcast. It's available at all the time. Uh, you could you could download it to your iPod or MP3 player, catch it in the car uh, while you're doing your walk, while you're doing your jog. You know we're, we're, we believe in physical fitness here at Red versus Blue. We we really uh, we joined the, the fat loss uh, club at the FFPC and. Uh, starting May 1st, we were at 242 strong pounds, and now we're down to 195, ready for this draft, Mike. We've been working hard, uh, hence the rocky music at the beginning of the show, and we're ready. We feel like we've been trained. If you've been with Red vs. Blue this off season, you are prepared like no other. Uh, you've been through satellite drafts with us over and over. We've looked at ADP. We're going to continue to look at ADP tonight. And we're going to look at some of those players that you should be targeting in your draft and just where should you target them. The last thing you want to do, Mike, and here's the, the mistake I see from high stakes players all the time, they go in with guys in mind and they let ADP rue the day, and what happens yep. is they miss those guys and they come out of there with a team that they had no clue in taking. Now, listen, you can do that, and, you know, uh, that's, what, that's what draft is all about is trying to find value to come to you. But what I prefer to do is I like to take the guys I'm looking for I take them when I want to take them. Nobody's going to take them from me because these are my guys. Listen, don't get caught up in the 3-5 versus 4-7 argument, you know. Don't worry about it. If you have a guy, look at the turnover in the running backs. I mean, half of them are in the turnover. No matter what it looks like on paper, if you don't feel that affinity for that player, do not take them. That's advice from a from a 10-year vet here in the high-stakes world. I'm telling you, you want to feel good about your team. You want to ride or die with your guys, right, Mike? I mean, you don't want to come out of that draft with anything but your guys. I totally agree, Scott. And uh, you know, I, you know, I hate to continue to agree with you, but I mean, you you've got your guy that you want to stay with, and you you pretty much have to do that. 
and you know you pick a you pick a guy that you know like a job at best for instance uh, that you're going to stay with uh, later round Brandon Jacobs for instance I mean that's a guy that I I want to stick with and I'm going to stick with uh, in a bunch of drafts. Uh, these are guys that you you, you want to stick with and stay with and uh, and keep going on and uh, you know hope that you get the best from them. But uh, don't let somebody you know steer you in the in the wrong direction. Well, you know there's lots of information sources out there, and you have to do your own due diligence. But if there's if there's that gut that you have on that player, don't let it. Don't ignore it. Make sure you get your guy. Uh, let's talk about a few developing stories tonight, Mike. Again, we've got the NFFC. We hope to hear from some of those guys in Chicago tonight. Uh, the NFFC is drafting. They have their draft going on Friday, tonight, and Saturday, tomorrow, all throughout the country. $100,000 is a stake. Uh, we hope to hear from those guys, the 14-teamers. But then on Wednesday, Mike, we leave for Vegas, and we'll be drafting uh, at the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Uh, they have a $100,000 top prize as well. And then we have the World Championship of Fantasy Football on Saturday, the $300,000 top prize, the Big Daddy. Uh, these drafts are uh, everything uh, we we live for uh, with, with this obsessive hobby of ours. And so we're going to try to break down as much ADP as, we, as possible tonight. Yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, hearing from you, uh, Scott, and hearing from everybody else that has, uh, you know, their thoughts and inputs as far as uh, – you know, the ADP, because uh, going into Vegas, because that, that's a big deal. I mean, that is a real big deal, and uh, unfortunately, I'm, I'm not going to be a part of that this year, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing what develops and see how, seeing how everybody, uh, you know, seeing how everybody drafts, because this, this is the last big one, and this is the last big one that's going to make a difference. That's right, Mike. So let's 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 get it started again. The phone number three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. If you want to talk about a player, you can type them in the chat room. You can give us a call. We'll, there, nobody's uh nobody's off limits here tonight. We've got guys that are drafting in fantasy football, uh, the football guy player championship draft tonight. Uh, they're talking about calling us up. Uh, they're drafting. We've already done probably about twenty drafts so far. We've got another. Oh, uh, we've got about four. We've got five to go. And we'll be finished, Mike. That'll be it. That'll be it for the year. Uh, I know you and I had our had our local league, and I want to still get excited that with you, Mike, on that local league because it's it's time we'll to put off the top here. This is red versus blue. We need to th- we need to think of something real creative before this night is over. Uh, right. You know, to find what, what we want to bet on this side. But let's talk about the news here. The Texans just signed Derek Ward, Mike. <laughs> Derek Ward. The, the the experiment in Tampa did not work. Uh, he came off a great season at the New York Giants with that uh, monstrous offensive line. And uh, Cadillac Williams seems to be healthy. They love this Kareem Huggins kid. Uh, these are guys that you want to watch for. Kareem Huggins is a name that uh, has been moving up draft boards. You have to take a look at where Kareem Huggins has been going. Uh, right around the 160 pick, Mike, 160 uh, puts you in the 14th round category, 13, 14. But I'd expect it goes up even a little bit more here now that Derek Ward is gone. The bigger story is the Texans signed Derek Ward. So I, so what does that mean for Slayton? Bump him down. Uh, Arian Foster, the hype on him was incredible. Teams were taking him in the second round. I think you can bump that down just a little bit there, maybe move him back into that third, you know, pretty comfortably, Mike. 
I, I think after a big game in the preseason, after Arian Foster went nuts, uh, the hype was incredible. And now I think people are coming back to earth a little bit saying, okay, let's not get too carried away. We'll slot him in here. We'll slot him in here somewhere around the Joe Adai, Pierre Thomas category, but don't be grabbing much higher than that. Arian Thomas is a uh, – Ar- Arian Foster, I'm sorry. Arian Foster, he's already shown that uh, he can do – what he needs to do uh, for Houston, and, you know, you can say whatever, but uh, Matt Schaub, Andre Johnson, and then you throw in Arian Foster and a solid tight end and Owen Daniels, this team is legit. Yeah, so you've got uh, you've got a lot of Texans weapons there, but, again, watch the ADP on Arian Foster. Uh, right now it's pretty high. I mean, you're going to have to spend a third-round pick if you want him. Uh, and, and, you know, if it's a fanatical fan, you might have to spend him a little bit higher than that. But right now, you know, that's about the spot where you have to go get him if you want him. Again, signing Derek Ward. Uh, Kubiak's known to, to, to kind of flip-flop back and forth on the running backs. So you, you got to be really careful here. Remember, they did draft Ben Tate for a reason from Auburn. They like the guy. He's a big bruiser. Uh, now, listen, it's a two-back NFL. You know, you know if you're the Texans. I don't think it's a knock on Arian Foster as much as it is on Steve Slayton. I think they realize with that neck surgery, you get pins in your neck, you're not going to be a counted-on reliable option in that offense. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting ready to dismiss uh, the, the Ben Tate uh, draft uh, as a knock on Arian Foster. Look, I, I, watch what I, see, I like what I see, and what I, he passes the eye test for me. Seeing what he's going to do in that offense, you've already got to – you're not lining up against eight in the box when you're playing the Houston Texans. Remember that. You have to spread yeah. out get have a fair defense there. Otherwise, that run game will get you. Uh, and, and Aaron Foster is in a great position. Opportunity plus talent. What's that equal, Mike? Well, that equals uh, a lot of fantasy points. Uh, Aaron Foster uh, is going to have a ton of opportunities, and uh, but so will Steve Slayton. You know, I, I said this on Red versus Blue probably, uh, what, two months ago, that Steve Slayton is going to be comeback player of the year. I still believe that. I still believe that uh, Steve Slayton is going to have a ton of opportunities for Houston because it's their offense and that's what they have. But, uh, you know, if, you, if you're an Arian Foster owner, you're very happy right now. Well, uh, again, that's a big story. Uh, Arian Foster, Derek Ward signed, um, and uh, you know that's that's a little bit of uh, a little bit of insurance there. Again, Steve Slayton that obviously moves him down. Uh, they they don't trust what they see there. He's already been. I think you know we've already seen him participate in the special teams. I wouldn't. I you know I, I feel bad for the guys who drafted Slayton in these early drafts. You know, but hey, you know what? That drafting early has its risks and rewards. It's like all the guys that drafted early. And took Sidney Rice, you know, and then he, he pulls up and does yeah. that surgery late in the year. That's what happens. So, you know, you just got to be very careful with those early drafts. If, if you wait until the Vegas draft, everything is crystal clear. Everybody's on the same playing field. Now go construct your team. Do it better than the next guy, and you'll win the money. If you don't, you lose. Uh, because everybody, right. the knowledge, the knowledge is there. After three weeks of preseason, everybody kind of knows what's up. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, there's a lot of different players. There's a, uh, for instance, for, uh, St. Louis, Danny Amendola. I mean, I know that's a, that, that, that's quite a reach, but, uh, this kid, 
he can run, he's quick, and, uh, you know, I mean, that's another player that can make a difference for a, uh, offense that needs something, and he may, he may make all the difference in the world. Uh, you know, you, you, you just keep on going down the line. Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota needs, uh, needs a wide receiver. Well, they brought in, uh, Greg Camarillo. Is that good? I don't know. I mean, but, you know, chances are that he can make, he can make a difference in, for that team. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Uh, you know, the TJ Hoosmanzada story continues to develop, Mike. It sounds like his time with Seattle has been short-lived, and it is over as well. He has $7 million guaranteed contract. This sounds like a money situation uh, to the Seattle Seahawks, and they're very happy with Mike Williams' uh, production. Uh, and what he looks like and how he's turned it around. This would be a complete comeback story, Mike, uh, an epic comeback story, considering the start that he had to his career, uh, leaving USC early, not being eligible to enter the NFL draft, having to sit out and wait, and then he finally does enter the draft, gets drafted high by Detroit, does nothing, uh, gets released after a couple of overweight years, not really doing anything. Now he's back with his coach, who he loves. The coach seems to love him. And uh, they say he's looking pretty good. Now, again, it's a complete project. You've got lots of names there in, in Seattle, Mike. Uh, what do you make of this of this crazy situation? Well, I don't know what they're going to do with the offense to begin with, Scott. You know, it kind of it kind of got some, it's got me uh, you know wondering about are, are they going to use a running game? Are they going to use a passing game? Uh, how effective will Hasselback be? You know. Right now, I don't think they know what they want to do, and uh, that's why if uh, if you're a fantasy owner, I would really want to look at uh, at uh, you know defenses and matchups against Seattle to begin with, because I don't think they've got much to go with. Well, they, if you look at the schedule, they do have a couple of games against Arizona, and you know those games will blow up week 7 and week 10. They've got a game against New Orleans that should be high scoring. They've got KC on the schedule, San Fran, Tampa Bay, St. Louis a couple of times, you know, San Diego. There are plenty, plenty of games there that I could see some, some pretty big scoring matches. But this, this is definitely a bump up for Dion Branch, uh, who is a relative no, nobody in the draft right now. He was drafted at about ADP 200, you've got Dion, uh, after Dion, you've got Golden Tate, uh, the rookie from uh, Notre Dame, who was drafted around that same time, you know, really late in the draft, uh, around round 17 or 18, you're picking up these guys. And, of course, this is a bump for Mike Williams, so we'll, we'll just have to take a wait-and-see approach. I don't know how high this is going to take Mike Williams' stock, but you could expect a several significant round bump here with this news, because, again, the fantasy well, stock right now. They love the, the the late news. They 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 just feed on that late news and they move on it. Well, I understand that, but uh, right now I cannot rely on uh, late news. And I'm looking at the schedule and what uh, Seattle has, and uh, there is no way in heck that I can I can start anybody for Seattle right now. Yeah, you got to see it. You got to see it to do it. You can't just put him in there, man. You're right. You're right about that. You got to you got to see something before you can confidently put him in your lineup. Let's, you know, and the funny thing is, uh, right now, waivers are going on across some of these uh, leagues that drafted early. A lot of these leagues extended waiver opportunities for everybody, and so the blind big dogs are flying off the shelves tonight 
to grab these guys that were undrafted, the Kareem Huggins, the Mike Williams, um, you know, or, or a couple of the names, the Chris Ivory, these guys that were not being drafted in the high stakes world, well, all of a sudden they are now. And, you know, these are the guys that are going to be flying off the shelves here for uh, fantasy owners looking to shore up the team that they had. Uh, the, the early the early leagues that you get into, you get that waiver window right before the season, the season starts, and it's kind of nice. So another player I want to talk about, Mike, Jerome Harrison, Montario Hardison, a torn ACL. Sounds like a situation where he came back too early. Mike, here's a player I really want to talk about. Jerome Harrison was being drafted as the 30th running back off the board. I guarantee you, after this move tonight, or this injury, he's going to move up at least five, maybe six or seven spots because of this injury. And here's why, Mike. I think once you start to look at this player, let's just take a look at the body of what? 5'9", 205 pounds. He's been in the league four years. Never really did much. You know, you had Jamal Lewis there. You couldn't really, you couldn't really get in. Uh, he's been a mid-seventh-round guy. I think he moves to a late fifth, right around after the Jonathan Stewart's come off the board. I think you're going to see Jerome Harrison start to come off the board in Vegas. So if you want him, be prepared to pay a late fifth, early sixth for him. Uh, this either tomorrow, Saturday, uh, in the NFFC. I- I'm thinking, he, again, it's right around that range, uh, a pick 60. Uh, somewhere in that range is probably where you're going to pick him up. But look at these games, Mike. His first start last year against Baltimore, 16 carries, 52 yards. Nothing impressive, but he's involved in the passing game. Five catches, 33 yards. He puts up 13 points. That's a solid game against a Baltimore defense. Then he comes back, Cincinnati, Mike, 29 carries, 121 yards, five catches, 31 31 yards. That's a 20-point game. He follows it up with 28 points against San Diego behind seven catches for 62 yards. He follows it up with a 49-yard, a 49-point effort against Kansas City. Mike, 49 points this guy scored. There's, there's only a handful of guys in the NFL that have ever scored 49 points as a running back. He did it against Kansas City, 486 yards and three touchdowns. He comes back with open. They give him the ball 39 times for 148 yards. That's another 20-point game. And then in Jacksonville, again, they just hand the offense over to him. 33 carries, 130 yards, another 20-point game. This guy had one, two, three, four, five, five games at six starts, five games over 20 points. Mike, this guy, listen, you lose, you lose Hardesty. That's your, that was your, that was your fun rookie pick that they took that they believed in. Now all they've got is Peyton Hillis, who I like, but Jerome Harrison's ADP will rise tomorrow and Thursday. Well, there's no doubt about Scott, and it should. but, you know, you just brought up a name, uh, Peyton Hillis. I love Peyton Hillis in that situation. But the bottom line is uh, you're, you're talking about a team that is going against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Uh, you know, right. the, uh, yeah. the a bunch of other defenses that are uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Baltimore. I mean, th- these are very good defenses. So, uh, yeah, you know, I – it is a brutal schedule, Mike. I will give you that. Baltimore, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, New England, the Jets, yeah. Jacksonville. It's going to be tough. Uh, so would you rather have a uh, backup in, say, a uh, Corral Buckhalter? No, no. But listen, he did that you know, against Baltimore last year. He still scored 13 points his first start of the season behind those catches. He's heavily involved. This is a PPR league. So, again, you, you get those reception points. Now, in the NFFC, you only get a half a point. So judge that accordingly. 
But against Cincinnati, he still posted 29 carries, 120 yards. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility here, Mike, that we look back halfway into this season and said, man, he showed us what we had, what he had. We just refused to see it. Right, right. And you know what? Uh, there's, uh, you know, I, I see Peyton Hillis uh, making some difference, but uh, not making that much against, uh, you know, not making that much against uh, those uh, oppositions. There's no way. Yeah, well, again, it's going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting guy to watch. If you, if you're looking for a player, you know, let's say you start out the draft wide receiver, you take Andre Johnson, you come back in the second round, and Brandon Marshall's still there. Third round, you come, come around, and you know, you're like, okay, uh, maybe I'm going to take my tight end here, or maybe my quarterback Rogers is still there. Come, okay, three rounds, you don't have a single running back, you know. So the fourth round, you do what you can, and you grab your running back. You're saying, okay, I'm sitting here in the fourth. And let me let me go ahead and take Sean Green or Matt Forte or something. You get your running back in the fourth. Well, the fifth round, you're still looking for somebody else. Maybe you're maybe you take Moreno. Maybe you take maybe you take Spiller or something. So you, you you can feel your running back a little bit later, especially if you believe in these guys. And you know, four, five, and six, I wouldn't feel so bad if I ended up with you know Matt Forte, uh, no Sean Moreno, and then came back in the sixth, and, and, and Jerome Harrison was still there. That'd be a pretty nice way to go. Yeah. <laughs> so there's lots of different ways to skin the cat. And, again, I'm not telling you to go out and mortgage the farm here, but as a third running back in the sixth round, you could do a whole lot worse, I think, than Jerome Harrison because, again, great tough schedule, but the points for reception, that's going to add up. And somebody, I guarantee you, Mike, look, I guarantee you somebody in your league is going to be looking and saying, man, I've got to take a chance on Harrison with this big-time upside that he has. Uh, again, he did it against a lot of soft defenses last year. But he also looks respectable against some of the other defenses, not maybe from a yard per carry standpoint, but as a being involved in the offense, he will be again. I mean, look, that's, that's what Hardesty was there for, maybe to take some of that away. He's gone. There's, I mean, Cleveland is desperate for any, anything they can get. So uh, somebody in the chat room, can you trust the Cleveland offense? Absolutely not. No way. Uh, we're going to take, take a call here real quick. We've got Jeff Pasquino on the line. He's been drafting a Football Guys Players Championship draft. He's going to give us a live in-draft update. Jeff, what can you tell us? What have you seen tonight, man? Hey, you guys there? We are. We are. Can you hear us? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, I'm actually in it's a FFPC 250 Classic that I'm drafting in right now. Oh, gotcha. Great. So it's close. How it go? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. I have the two two holes, so I think we know where I started there. Adrian Peterson. That's right. Adrian Peterson of the blocks. And then uh, the, the team went pretty well to script. I, I pretty much what uh, I'm, I'm projecting everybody to do, taking two running backs, two wide receivers, and two tight ends the first six rounds. I took Peterson, Witten fell to me, then Greg Jennings, and then uh, fourth round, let's see, fourth round I got Zach Miller, and then Steve Smith, and then Marion Barber, and, and Clinton Portis in the seventh spot. So, and quarterback obviously was a hole, so I went Kevin Cobb and Carson Palmer in around eight and eleven. Like it. So. Wow. Yeah, and yeah, I'm liking it. I'm liking it a lot. So. Now you still need you still uh, okay. So your flex uh, is Zach Miller and Clinton Portis. Right, right. The only hole I see here is I got two running backs off in week four, but that's why I have Chester Taylor and Leon Washington in rounds ten and twelve. Yeah. 
Well, listen, uh, that's the kind of value that we're seeing this year from guys like Marion Barber and Clinton Portis. Uh, obviously, uh, some people, uh, you know, talk to us about Clinton Portis. I mean, who else was there that you might have even considered? Uh, this is a guy that has never really, when he played, he's always played well, but getting him on the field and getting him to shed that questionable label has always been the tough time uh, for Clinton Portis. Well, I did have a little smart there at the turn because I had the second pick. I can look at the first team. And Clinton Portis is a week nine bye, and, she, and he or she took uh, Chris Johnson, who has a week nine bye. So I played the odds and figured that they wouldn't win a second player in week nine and let Portis fall to me. So Forsett and Ricky Williams went to that person at the 6-7 turn. So there was the players that were on the board. Caddy Williams and Brandon Jacobs also went in round seven, and Tim Hightower. So those are the kind of caliber players that were there. But as far as Portis, I think he's got a feature back, and if I get him through week four where I need him the most, I think he lasts that long, and that's a good value for me. One of the guys that we've been tracking here over the last week has been Darren McFadden. So tell us, you're sitting there. Was he already off the board at that point, or did he go in seventh as well? Uh, let's see. McFadden went at 9.01. So I took, a okay. pass on him. I took a pass on him. Michael Bush went a little bit later. Uh, I think he went around 11. Yeah. You know, uh, McFadden is somebody that hasn't really showed us much, Mike. He has the pedigree, obviously. Look, these NFL, these NFL teams and these scouts, they do a whole lot of work trying to figure out, you know, uh, do these guys pass the test of a running back. All you got to do is do these things at the proper speed, and that tells us that when we hand you the ball, you'll be able to do, do something with it. But he never has been able to do it, and he's had a lot of uh, problems and injury issues, Mike. And now Michael Bush gets the chance, and he gets hurt again. McFadden's thrust back into this lineup. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, when D'Angelo uh, for a couple of years didn't do anything, and then all of a sudden, you know, like Benson and Thomas Jones, all these guys, it took them three or four years to, to get into the league and really start to do something. Could we, could we see something like that for McFadden this year? Oh, absolutely, Scott. Uh, the reason that I say we'll see a, a bright, shining moment from uh, Darren McFadden is because uh, he don't have to worry about uh, his quarterback is going to be Jamarcus Russell, this and that. You know, he's got a lot of things that's going to be positive on his end. And I think uh, Darren McFadden is going to have a breakout year this year uh, just because of that fact that, you know, they're going to have uh, cohesiveness going going forward uh, throughout the year. And, you know, and it's a shame that what happened with Michael Bush, but uh, Darren McFadden could be explosiveness. From running the ball to catching the ball and PPR, if you're in the PPR league with McFadden, you're going to be nice. Well, hey, we've got we've got Jeff Pasquino live from uh, DynastyGuys.com here, and he's in a uh, an FFPC $250 uh, satellite league. And uh, Jeff, it sounds like you you started off a little thin at wide receiver from what you told us. So, what round are you in? Are you in the 15 or 16? Maybe we can maybe we can get a flyer here. Like, uh, you know, where is where did guys like Mike Williams, Golden Tate, these guys, were, you know, are they on the board or are they already taken? Both Mike Williams went off the board. I'm coming up. I'm on deck right now. And uh, let's see. I just looked at both Williams because somebody asked me this as well. Let's see. Mike Williams, they went really early, like really early. I think there's a lot of – Mike Williams from Tampa went at 10.05. <clears throat> and, and let's see. The other Mike Williams went 11:04, and Golden okay. Tate 
Golden team went at fifteen ten. So I okay, am on the you're, clock. You're around you're sixteen. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on the clock, and I got you know guys got like Devon Bass and Kevin Walter, James Jones, Josh Morgan. All those guys are highlighted. So I'm thinking maybe one of how those guys. Take, how can you not take James Jones, man? If Driver goes down, he becomes an instant star. You're not looking for a week to week guy. You're looking for a, a spark plug right here, James Jones, man. Exactly, home run swings, baby. That's what you're doing around 16. The only point of drafting these guys is if they blow up. Otherwise, you're going to cut them in three weeks anyway when you need a kicker or a defense. So what's the point? Is Lewis Murphy gone? Yes, he did. Lewis Murphy went. I can look him up for you one second. Got to love the draft dominator in this search function. Lewis Murphy went 13.07. Okay. Man. So I'm probably going to take Toby Gerhardt as uh, Adrian Peterson insurance with my next pick. So I well, I tell you what, uh, you know, I, I love James Jones here at, at this spot just because, uh, you know, we've, we listened, uh, we've been watching this situation very closely because, you know, you never know when, when, at what point driver's going to get an injury that maybe he's not able to recover from and simply because of his age. And, and like you said, it, this is the time for those home run picks and throw those darts. And, uh, you know, you have Jermichael Finley talking and calling James Jones a beast. Uh, he, he's saying that he's going to strike this year and show everybody what he's about. Um, you, you've got uh, the receivers coach, Jimmy Robinson, saying the same thing, that this is the year that um, uh, that, that James Jones, you know, shows shows the league what he's got. And, and Rodgers is saying the same thing. He's saying it's just a matter of him getting the opportunities. And that's the problem when you're in an offense like Green Bay. I mean, I hate to wait on an injury for a guy, but that's kind of the situation this pick is in. You know, it's not like – He's going to take a job, and you've got a lot of balls there to go around. Uh, you've got a lot of guys to go to. You've got to go to Jennings. You've got to go to Finley. You've got to go to Driver. You've got to go to the running backs. I mean, he's down on the pecking order, uh, and he's probably better suited for a draft master format. But, I mean, at this stage in the game, you're not looking for somebody to win the league for you, but you are looking for somebody with that type of potential. Well, the other thing I was able to do there, Scott, was that because I took Greg Jennings early, not only does he have upside potential, but he's almost like a wide receiver one handcuff for me. So it's oh, that added bonus. So it's a great pick absolutely. there. Yeah, and you're going to be coming right back up with another pick. Yeah, uh, and so is there, is, there, is there another position that's calling out to you? Well, I took Toby Gerhardt as, uh, as Adrian Peterson insurance because I really need Adrian oh. Peterson's value there. Sure. Yeah, very very wise move. Yeah, well, I got, the, well yeah. I got the Philly defense too in round fifteen, so I'm I'm having having a blast so far. <laughs> well, talk talk about Philly. You're always a guy to follow uh, the Eagles, and, and we're sitting here watching uh, Lashawn McCoy uh, get drafted a little later than he was uh, earlier in this off season. He's going uh, you know late third right now in most leagues. Uh, sometimes he's slipping into the fourth even, and, I, and I'm sitting there. You know, trying to scratch my head and understand this guy exactly. They didn't do anything on offense to really challenge him for his position. Uh, they brought in a journeyman, Mike Bell, and at best to, to kind of help him with the carries. They drafted a running back, Scott. They already got rid of him, the fullback. And so, you know, what do you see from McCoy here? I, I, I don't – there's not a lot of um, – what's, what's the thing I'm looking for? What, you know, I, I see all the workouts this guy has. He doesn't have the leg strength. He doesn't have the, the, the power that you expect out of a running back. Is he going to be able to push it through the line, or are they going to have to go to somewhere else when it comes time for that? Well, there's no ooh factor. when you. I think that's what you're looking for. Um, and you, you don't see him and say, ooh, I really got to get that guy on my team. You don't see that. 
Um, right. You, you see that the Eagles are high-powered offense. I, you know, I really like to have the number one running back, but the Eagles really don't have a feature back. So um, I'm I'm letting him go in most drafts. You know, I'm not. You know, people you know call us homers. I'm not a typical homer. I'm not just going to draft anybody on that offense. Um, wow, can't believe that. That's a terrible pick. Um, sorry. <laughs> but but uh, I, I think that he's not going to see a lot of touchdowns. I think that they're going to throw the ball down in the end zone. Um, I think that um, you're going to see a lot of Jason Avant and Brent Selleck down in the end zone. Uh, and uh, I think Kevin Cobb's going to have a great year. Uh, and more and more every year I'm getting a little bit more inside information from the Eagles, and, and everything tells me they're going to throw in the red zone, and when they run it, it's going to be third and short. Vic's going to be in there. They're not going to have, be throwing. They're not going to be running, pounding the ball at third and one. It's going to be Vic sprints or tosses to Yvonne or Selleck. And you've got three big weapons there, uh, Jeff. Uh, we're talking to Jeff Pasquino of DynastyGuys.com. He stopped in, also a contributing uh, member of the staff at FootballGuys.com. Jeff, thanks for joining us tonight. He's drafting in an FFTC satellite tonight, a $250 satellite. And Jeff, we all know in Philly you've got three main receiving weapons there. You've got Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, and Brent Selleck. And in a league like this where you're drafting a point and a half per reception, it's kind of the exciting format here for tight ends. What do you, who do you see as more valuable here? I've been watching a lot of Philly preseason, and, and it's surprising to me. The offensive line has been getting really dominated, in my opinion. I've seen them backing up, and it looks like they're putting Selleck on the line a lot more, and he's not involved in the passing game as much. Does that worry you? No, and the, uh, the OC has been talking about that. and They're going to get him out in pass routes. It's not a big deal. But right now, yeah, Cobb is under duress a lot, and it's not good. But uh, Jim L. Jackson has been out at center. They just traded for a guard in Wells. I forget which team they got him from, but they picked up another guard. They know that's the problem, and – uh, most everybody knows that it's a problem off, up and down an organization. They're, they're working to fix it as fast as they can. But I, I think that you're going to see a little bit more. They always are very vanilla in, in the preseason. They have to play Green Bay out of the chute. They're going to be coming up with a whole lot of stuff and throwing, uh, shooting from the hip. And you're going, to look, you're going to see a lot of high-scoring games for the Eagles. I think the defense is really good. There are a lot of sacks, but they're also young in the secondary. So it's going to be tough for them to cover a lot of people. So it's going to be a lot of high-scoring games, great fantasy team. Jeff, uh, again, uh, Jeff Pasquino from <clears throat> DynastyGuys.com. Who do you um, – how good can this Jeremy Macklin guy be? Uh, you know, last year we saw him get drafted. He, he, he came out with a, a very nice season uh, last year. And you have, you know, Kevin Cobb under center now. Uh, some people think that he can be as involved in this offense or even more so uh, than Deshaun Jackson. Now, Deshaun's got the deep ball, but Macklin seems to be the guy that maybe moves the chain in, in this offense. I mean, realistically, though, I mean, he's been he's been drafted pretty late for his type of potential. Where, what do you see um, for his score for Jeremy Macklin? Well, the issue with the Eagles has always been that they, they distribute to the open receiver, and that's what they're going to do again with Kevin Cobb. Um, Macklin's getting drafted as about the 20th wide receiver or so off the board, maybe 20 to 30 range, seventh round kind of guy, wide receiver three. I like it. I think he's capable of putting up, you know, 800 to 1,000 yards as the second wide receiver. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot. But as far as the PPR league, it's tough to go with Eagles except for Selleck because I don't see a lot of targets going to any particular wide receiver. It's going to be whomever has got the better matchup or whoever's going deep. 
in leagues where you get the action scoring, the football guys in FFPC, you get a little boost. Deshaun comes in in the third or fourth round because he gets that kick return, punt return bonus to him. Macklin is going to be mostly as used as a wide receiver too. But, again, sleeper late as Avant. I think he's going to get four or five touchdowns this year down at the red zone. Jeff, you also told us that tonight in your draft, uh, you're drafting in a fantasy football uh, or players championship draft tonight. Uh, it's a 12-teamer, one-and-a-half points for reception, four points for the quarterback touchdowns. You drafted uh, at quarterback. You took um, Carson Palmer as your number two and Kevin Cobb as your number one. Um, Palmer, that's an interesting pick when it, it appears to be a running offense. Uh, guys like Roethlisberger, McNabb, Henny, were these guys on the board, or was it a situation where those guys were gone and he was the best available? Uh, I took calculated risk, thinking that you know I was. There were ten quarterbacks gone when I was looking at the seven, the six-seven turn. The team behind me needed a quarterback, but I saw four or five guys that I could you know, you know, not be really worried about whether they're going to go. Um, and I just decided to wait and just see. Um, I was okay with uh, Cutler. I was, it was torn between Cutler and Cobb. Uh, actually, the surprising part to me was the guy I'm picking as my sleeper quarterback for a really aggressive team, Matthew Stafford, went at 8.01, and I got Cobb at 8.11. So Stafford went above Cobb, Manning, uh, Eli Manning, and a few others uh, like Carson Palmer. And Jay Cutler fell all the way to around 11. So that was really interesting to me. But, yeah. you know, around 11 and 12, you saw Roethlisberger, Favre, McNabb, Alex Smith. That was your QB2 run. But I was torn between Carson Palmer and Kevin Cobb. But either one, I can't take both because they have the same buy, so I had to make a choice. I'm partial for Cobb because I think you have a lot of weapons there. The offensive line in Chicago is not much better, uh, even though I like Mike Martz, so I went with Cobb. And then I had to come back with my favorite QB2, which was Pars- Carson Palmer or Big Ben, and that's what I went with. Now I have to focus well, Jeff, on big, big deal like kicker now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. You can round out that draft, and uh, good luck in that satellite. We appreciate you stopping by Red versus Blue as always, and uh, good luck with Dynasty Guys. It's got to be it's, it's it's a lot of fun throughout the year to stop in at Dynasty Guys and, and check out what's going on. Jeff Pasquino hey, from DynastyGuys.com. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks Jeff. Jeff. Enjoy your drafts, guys. All right, we will. Mike, I tell you, there's just a lot going on right now. We we have drafts going on all over the place. There's a couple of guys here, Mike. I want to get your input on number one is T.O. He's being drafted right around wide receiver 26, uh, right after the Jeremy Macklins, right in between the Santana Mosses and Mike Wallace's of the world. Uh, Terrell Owens, Mike, is that a guy that you have any faith in whatsoever? Yeah. No, there's no question about it. I, I have a lot of faith in him right in that uh, right in that slot. Uh, but, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, where's the ball going to go and uh, where's it going to happen? Uh, what's wrong with Chad Ochocinco? I mean, he's going to get his he's going to get his touches, and so will Cedric Benson. It seems like they've really brought in uh, Terrell Owens to throw him the ball a lot. Now, what he does with it is anybody's guess, but. You know, I'm not a T.O. fan, but I think that Cincinnati is, the coaching staff is, Ocho is, and I think Carson Palmer is, which is the main guy that he he has to please. Uh, so, you know, they, they're going to be involved in a lot of shootouts this year. If you look at that schedule, they're they're playing against some teams now. You know, Cincinnati has a great defense. They're, they're definitely improving in that area. But they've got some big, big games that they're going to have to get right. through. 
the, 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 the Pittsburgh, the Indianapolis, the New York Jets, New Orleans, uh, New England, well, and Baltimore. Brutal game, well, got, man. They've got tough schedule. Yeah, they yeah they do have a tough schedule, but uh, what's the difference between last year's schedule and this year's schedule? Uh, and that that's what I'm having a hard time with. Uh, Cincinnati they did fine with last year's schedule, and uh, it's relatively uh, about the same as uh, you know this year's schedule is about the same as last year's. So that that's what I'm having a hard time with because uh, you know if they've got the running game, uh, they'll get the passing game going. All right, we've got some questions in the chat room about the National Fantasy Football Championship. Let's go ahead and address those again. Big drafts going on all day tomorrow. Uh, there were already drafts tonight, you know, uh, draft master and auction format. Uh, we've got somebody in the chat with the 12 pick, Mike, and we've been there before with 12. And, and last year I think we went up from the 13, we went Chris Johnson and uh, Greg Jennings. And we were feeling really excited about that start. Uh, we we topped that off with Eddie Russell in the third round, and that didn't work out so well. But uh, from 13, uh, from 12, 13 range this year, look, I'm looking to grab Calvin Johnson. I'm looking to grab Miles Austin, uh, somebody of that caliber. Obviously, hey, if, if Aaron Rodgers is there at 12, I think you have to take him. This is a guy that has the type of potential uh, to set records in this offense. Everybody sees it. Everybody knows he has that type of team. And, and, and think back, when Tom Brady, uh, back in 2007, had that monstrous year of 50 touchdowns, he threw for 4,800 yards. In a normal format, he blew the competition away uh, in scoring. The, the NFFC is not a normal format for quarterbacks. It's six points per touchdown. No. He'll do even more. And so if you could get the 12 pick and land in Aaron Rodgers, I would be very tempted to take Greg Jennings back-to-back like that and go for that combination at wide receiver quarterback that you could really put a hurting on some teams. Uh, you know, Greg Jennings really started to come around. Then in the third round, you have third-round reversal. So if you're, you know, you're looking at pick uh, 30 at that point, and I think you could take another quality player there, uh, a job in Beth, an Arian Foster, maybe even a steady Ryan Grant. Now, if you have two running, if you have two Packers, I don't recommend that. But, but maybe you take a, a steady player like Steve Smith at that point, or, or man, could you imagine if Marquez Colson was still there at 30, you'd have to scooping up. So you've got a lot of options in the NFFC. Just remember that it's a long way back. Right? Remember this, Mike? You start at the back of the uh, first round, but beginning of the second and third, it's a long way back. Man, you ain't lying. I mean, it, it's brutal. You're, you're waiting around to pick, what, 54? So the best yeah. running back you could get at that point would be like a Jonathan Stewart or a Ronnie Brown. You don't want to be caught with your pants down at that point. Uh, you know, so it might be wiser to take a running back in that second or third round, uh, you know, or, or maybe even the first if you like Mendenhall or something like that. Uh, just be careful with that because, again, at that, that's a long way back. You don't want to be caught without a running back maybe in those first three picks. If you like the running backs like Ronnie Brown, Jonathan Stewart, um, Ahmad Bradshaw, you can get two of those guys and be okay. Uh, personally, I think that's the way the, the route should go is to at least get one of those running backs in the first three because I like the wide receivers that are there at picks 54, such as Johnny Knox or maybe Percy Harvin. Maybe a Pierre Garçon you could take at that 5-2 pick that you have. 
so, you know, for me, if I'm at 12, I'm thinking of, you know, obviously I take the Rodgers if he's there. If not, I go running back wide receiver there to play it safe because uh, you don't want to be caught on a turn. And these 14 teamers might, oh, you get caught on one of those turns and they just chop up the wide receivers on you. Oh, yeah, you have no chance. Yeah, better, yeah exactly and, right, Scott. Yeah, you have no chance at any running back or wide receiver. Next thing you know, you're looking at uh, – you know, you're looking at third, fourth-tier uh, running backs or wide receivers, and it's a bad situation to be in. Well, and so that's kind of why I like to start with a wide receiver, wide receiver start in an NFFC. If I'm, if I'm at the 12 this year, I'm probably going Calvin, and I'm trying to go Roddy. I'm trying to go Fitz or something like that. Calvin and Fitzgerald in a draft, are you kidding me? You can start with Calvin and Fitz and then come back at that pick 40 and maybe get a Sean Green or a Matt Forte or something like that. I'm sorry, no, you're at 30. You're, you're at pick 30 in the third round, so you're getting an Arian Foster or a David Best type player. I mean, that's the star I like right there. Calvin Fitz and Arian Foster, something like that. Calvin Fitz and Grant, how's that? There you go. Calvin Fitz and Grant, you start your draft like that, and then you can play anything you want to do from the rest of the draft. There you go. That's, yeah. that's the NFC. I'm looking forward to seeing those NFC draft results uh, tomorrow. We, we should hear from our guys and find out what kind of time they had. Then, Mike, next Thursday, we'll be in in Las Vegas. We, we hop on a plane on Wednesday, and Red versus Blue will be broadcasting live from Caesars Palace in Las Vegas at, uh, at the Tiberius Ballroom, I believe, one of those beautiful, fancy ballrooms up there. We're going to have a great time at the, at the football guys uh, for the, the Fantasy Football Players Championship, their annual kickoff party. We'll be hosting a – Red versus Blue will be hosting a – Roundtable discussion from all the industry leaders. So we will be simulcasting live. That'll be awesome. What's that, Mike? I said that'll be awesome, man. You know, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing everybody, their inputs, and, uh, you know, what what they got to say about it. Absolutely. It's going to be a great time. We're looking forward to it. We're getting our draft boards together. Uh, You know, you've got all all this news is coming out, and it's left and right. Um, you got Zach Miller and Campbell hooking up. You've got Dez Bryant getting ready to get on the field. I don't know how many balls there are to go around for that guy. Bernard Barrion getting the start in Minnesota with Percy Harvin. Brett Favre back in the NFL. Malcolm Floyd is the number one wide receiver in San Diego. No, Vincent Jackson, he's gone. I mean, everything's gone all around us. Roethlisberger gets his suspension reduced. Uh, Moreno, a uh, second-round running back, is, is, is hurt in the preseason, and now he's being drafted in the fourth or the fifth. Fight is wild, it's crazy, it's no host barred in the world of high stakes football. We're just happy to be a part of it. And uh, Mike, let, let, let's think of a side bet real quick. Our local league, we need a side bet. Right. Side bet, side bet, real quick. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I've got, uh, I'm, I'm going to take straight up uh, Kentucky. Go ahead, Mike. Finish up. Kentucky. Uh, for two butter burgers. You owe me two butter burgers already. So, all right, I'll, I'll put the two so butter burgers on the line. I'll put the two butter burgers on the line for the for the for the Legends League championship. Because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I've got I've got your number in that league, Mike. Two more butter burgers on the line for uh, for the Legends League. Is that a deal? That's a deal because I got you on this league. There is no way you can beat my team.